Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, it's time for Regions Business Radio. Regions Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank. Embrace the if in life. Member FDIC. Now, here's your host, J.D. Mueller. Thank you, Mike Salmon. J.D. Mueller here, host of Regions Business Radio. And we have a a very exciting episode for you today. But before we get started, I always try to do a little bit of a market update. And uh, we sort of talk about what's going on in the world of finance or banking. And as we record this, it is uh, late January 2024. It's been a while, hasn't it, Mike, since we've recorded several several months, I would think, but it's been a little while. I don't like that. Yeah, I know you don't. No, need, I like it to, when you're here. We need we need to get our uh, our schedule back going, but it is early 2024. There's a lot of interesting things going on in our world. Uh, it is an election year. Not going political. I'm just stating a fact that we're going to go to the polls and elect a, a, a president this year. That always seems to have an interesting impact on on rates and on the the business environment. Interest rates are interesting. The Fed seems to be indicating a couple of different paths that they could go. They don't seem to be tipping their hand, but yet the market, not a licensed FA or anything, but the fact is the the market's behaved pretty well. I think people are thankful for whatever uh, investments that they have. You know, locally, the economies are really strong in North Georgia. You think about sort of the 85 corridor from Atlanta to Greenville and all that's in between, certainly where we're sitting in Gwinnett with you know, new hospitality going up. Mike, what is the, what is the brand there? It's a Weston? Weston Gwinnett Atlanta. Weston Gwinnett Atlanta. Yep. Um, very nice new facility. And then, you know, northeast from here up 85, we should see the new Inland Port breaking ground this year, which is going to have an impact, you know, from, from battery plants to cold storage to manufacturing to uh, in South Hall and North Gwinnett, there are millions of square feet of distribution warehouse everywhere. I say that to to indicate that as we record this, the economy in Northeast Georgia seems robust. It seems strong. We're seeing companies perform well heading into 2024. I would say some successes that we've had of late on our team in North Georgia and Gwinnett specifically would be a couple of high points. Over the last couple of years, we've had clients uh, sell their business to either other privately owned businesses or to equity firms. And in those cases, we've done a really good job of helping those that have exited manage their assets through a financial plan, through succession planning. You typically don't think of regions when you think of private wealth, but our team has done a fantastic job, and our clients have been pleased with that. Another thing that we saw some success with last year that I think we're going to continue to see success with this year, and we, we haven't had them on the podcast, is our sort of our small-dollar equipment finance group called Ascentium Capital. Quick transactions, quick turnaround, quick funding, sometimes same-day funding if, if the credit's good and you know, everything from software, hardware stuff to manufacturing lines, rolling stock, any of that in our team stands ready to help. It's an efficient source of capital that we would ask you to take a look at with us. And then finally, I would say to all you business owners and executives that are listening is we've crossed over into the new year. So a couple things to be thinking about. Make sure you polish off the, the 2023 financials in short order. Work with your CPA to get those published. And I'm begging you, 
oh my goodness, I'm begging you, please make sure that you're aware of what's in your loan agreements. Review with your CPA your reporting requirements, what is required to the bank and when. The assumption is that you borrow money from, from a bank. We prefer for it to be from regions. And by the way, if you're borrowing from someone else and they're not taking good care of you, call me, we'll get that fixed. But, you know, review your loan agreement and make sure that you know what the bank requires of you and when. Typically, it's going to be some sort of date for tax return, a company prepared financial statement. Sometimes you may be required to have a review or an audit, and there will be a time frame in your loan agreement to get that to your bank. Please honor that. The banks at in this current environment, your bank wants to know proactively how well you're doing. So make sure you form that narrative. The other thing would be if you're a borrower and you have financial covenants in your loan agreement, please make sure that you're familiar with them. And I would recommend doing the calculation yourself if you're not required to do so and make sure that you're delivering that to the bank proactively to avoid any surprises. So that's a little bit of a, a market update by way of intro into this episode of Regions Business Radio. And now what you've all been waiting for really is my guest today is Mary Beth Cope. Mary Beth, thank you for it, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. You my, are. My first time ever doing a podcast, so please forgive me if I don't do it right. I'm sure you'll check me. Oh, no forgiveness needed. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure your teenage daughters are going to love to download this <laughs> right. thing and share it with her because Can't I'm wait. sure as a teenager, the, the conversation is going to be very exhilarating. Yes, it will be. You know, so for sure. You joined Regions late November, early December? Yeah, the Monday after Thanksgiving, just a few short weeks ago, which yeah. just hard to fathom. It Time flies. After spending the majority of your career prior to that at a, at a commercial bank in, yeah. in Metro Atlanta. That's right. Yeah. And your experience, we don't have to name them, but your experience at that bank. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And maybe tell us a little bit about the Mary Beth Coke story. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you'll have to guide me on what's uh, most interesting. But, <laughs> but yes, banking has been my career. And I've almost hit the 20-year mark. And I, I started when I was about 11 years old. <laughs> Not quite. Can you get that uh, pause yeah, yeah. track on that? You know? <laughs> so I came to the bank my and this profession out of Georgia Tech. Uh, so Atlanta from that perspective and became part of an analyst training program, which is awesome for anyone listening that's interested in that or can encourage people to think about those training programs. They don't exist, I don't think, as prevalently as they once did, but it's such a great way to get your feet wet, learn a lot. And so for me... Like a um, credit analyst or... Well, it was a little bit... What was beautiful about this was it was a little bit of everything. Capital markets, credit, kind of the relationship management piece, uh, treasury, all all parts and pieces that you need to know in order to be a banker or a mini banker in that case. (laughs) But yeah, I started my career as a more of a portfolio management type role and supported a variety of industries, moved into more of a transactional role from there, okay. which was a lot of fun. Deals. So working nice. a lot with private equity, platform acquisitions, LBOs, dividend recaps, all the, all the stuff, you know, credit officers love. Um, I have never spent, I will say, I've never really spent a lot of time in investment grade land. So okay. most of my background is in leveraged 
lending and um, well, all of the... Well, define that for us. What is leverage lending? Well, the government defines it for us, uh, and then we define it for ourselves. But okay. um, generally, that means that you're applying multiples of debt to your EBITDA, which yep. is obviously a term that we know very well in banking. And anyone working with us knows that we like to talk about that a lot. So, you know, maybe three, four times leverage is getting into that profile that you could call levered. And it depends on size of the business and industry as to whether or not you're highly levered or if you're sort of more moderate. But that transaction experience from execution, diligence, underwriting, working with the management team really to understand the fundamentals of the business, where the business fits within its peer group, within the industry, and then, of course, looking forward to understand where it's going. You know, I think you, you were mentioning CPA and companies working with their CPAs to understand what's in a loan agreement and getting financials prepared. And, and historical financials are so vitally important and being able to produce those and look at those. Because as a bank, that's what we rely on. But it's just as important to be able to look ahead and tell your story as to what's coming for the next year for sure. or two or, you know, three to five, which would be even better. Yeah. Um, and I know I hear I hear it so often and I think it and live it too. I can't project what's happening next year. And in the environment that we've been in, I certainly get it. Because mm-hmm. when was the last time we had a normal year? Yeah, I don't um, remember. It's been, a, it's been a while. It it's been a, while. been a while. But it is important. And so taking that, you know, sort of transaction focus that I had earlier in my career, I, I sort of specialized a bit in an industry, uh, healthcare. Okay. And spent some time there. What do you like most about that? Well, I think one of my favorite things about healthcare is that when you say it, it's like, oh, well, I, I covered healthcare clients. It can mean anything. People are like, oh, well, that's an industry specialty. But when you really start to peel back the layers, healthcare is so diverse. Okay. You've got... First of all, are you talking about for-profit or not-for-profit, you know, as a starting point? And then <laughs> sometimes from, they're the same. <laughs> well, yeah, you hope not, but yeah. true. But yeah, going and just sort of thinking about healthcare as a, as a specialty and then diving deeper within that just to learn as a consumer. I mean, you and I and our families and everyone listening use healthcare and some aspect of it all the time mm-hmm. and oftentimes don't think about like why why did I get this explanation of you know benefits or this claim or why why did I get eight of them because yeah. I just went to the hospital with my kid who you know banged their head or whatever it was and really starting to understand some of those components I think that complexity and then starting to really dig into that and see how all the parts and pieces fit together in the puzzle yeah. I think that was one of my favorite parts of of working in healthcare then I'm assuming that you're a very detail-oriented person. Me? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I am. I am. I love detail, but you can't get lost in, you know, the forest, as they say. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think really getting under the hood and especially for, I think about the new team that I'm working with at Regions, which I'm very excited about. But then also our clients. I I love to know what's on your mind. I want to understand. And oftentimes, I mean, just last week, I was with a business owner and I said, what, you know, we were just chatting. We'd never met before. And I said, what, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? And it went right back to what you just described as your team in North Georgia really doing such phenomenal work around, which is 
succession planning and transition preparation. You know, she she said, well, I want to retire in five years. And um, my son is in the business, and so is his wife, and I'm just not sure how to start that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, okay, well, it's a lot of education, and it takes years to get some of this done. Even, I mean, you and I as individuals know how long it can take. Yep. Well, you throw a business in the mix, and, you know, you definitely want to have the right advisors around you, which your team has just exemplified, and I think there are many others at Regents that can also surround these business owners and help think through the business implications, you know, actually transacting. What does that require? What debt am I going to give up control to the wealth piece, which really can be a life-changing event? It can be, but oh my goodness, the, the things that we could talk about there that I would just so love to dive in with. Everything from leveraged companies to reporting even to the succession planning thing, because we still got to get to the point where we share with everybody what your job is now. <laughs> right. You know, but the the person you were talking about talk, talking to last week, the five-year plan, son and daughter-in-law in the yeah. business, and, you know, they probably made, a lot of business owners make decisions for a long time. I'm going to say sort of on the commercial sort of business banking end, not the, the large leverage mm-hmm. deals, but typically... They have one. They have one criteria when they're financial. When they're reporting their financials, it's how do I reduce my tax liability? They work with their CPA to reduce their tax liability without any knowledge of five, six, seven, eight years from now. Mm-hmm. What does that to do to the value of my company sure. when I'm ready to exit? Right. Not only that, they don't understand. And the CPAs would do well to help them understand if they make this decision to reduce their tax liability. How does that look to the bank? Mm-hmm. We really try to bring that together. Because a lot of times a client needs to borrow, but yet their financials are managed to reduce tax liability, and those two things don't always go together. And then you add exit on to that. It doesn't always paint the picture. That, that's, a whole, that's a topic for a whole other day. Absolutely, yeah. But, but I like the, the energy around that. So district director of commercial banking for Georgia and the Carolinas. Yep. Tell me what you do in that regard. You might be able to tell me better. <laughs> I think I'm still learning. First of all, I get to work with a great team. I am thrilled to have teammates from North Carolina to uh, Southern Georgia that are working together with me. And, And I am also very fortunate to have a chance to work alongside Bill Lingenfelter, who has a banking um, statesman a for those banking that know Bill. Statesman. That's it. A community champion and pillar of the community as well. So Bill and I will work together this year. And it is it's really my my privilege that I get a chance to continue to work with him. But ultimately it's a commercial banking uh, sales leader role, quickly defined. But what what I love about it so much is that you know, we talked a little bit about my experience, and, and I came from running a team focused just in Georgia, uh, okay. covering middle market-sized uh, clients, commercial-sized clients, by... revenue. So, you know, think about sort of 20 to half a billion in okay. revenue, top line. And it was such a, such a rewarding experience. And, you know, it, one of the first things that I noticed taking a role that was 
locally focused because all of my roles prior to had been national. Oh, wow. Um, So I was in a capital markets group that was focused on more of a a footprint. Um, And then in healthcare, it was a national focus. And so coming back to my roots, which are deep here in Georgia, and I'm very proud of that, you know, all of a sudden it matters. It matters where you're from and where you went to school. And you're, you know, pretty closely connected to a lot of folks when you start asking the questions. And that to me is just, you know, this is home and this is, this is our business owner's home. These are our teammates' homes. And together what we're doing is we want to provide strategic advice to our clients to help them achieve their goals, whether that's personal or related to the business. And a lot of times those are all connected. And what that does is continues to show what we've already seen in the just success that the state, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, but, you know, we're right here in Georgia and just we continue to see the success, the robustness that you're seeing in North Georgia. It's being seen throughout the state. And I really think that comes from having people like you and me and our team that are, that we we care about our customers. We want to serve them. We want to take care of them. And we also want to give them the best advice that we can. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just about a product. It's what can I do for you? How yeah. can I help you achieve your goals? And don't goals? you think that advice has changed so much over your career? I mean, I know it has in mine. As information becomes more readily available, but also just how decisions are made now compared to 20 years ago in, in business are, are dramatically different. The early part of my career was spent almost predominantly in Gainesville. And the decision tree in Gainesville let's say in the early to mid 2000s was what's your rate and what's your fee. Mm. And there's a lot of communities in our market that that's their decision matrix. Mm -hmm. But our experience over the years allows us to bring perspectives beyond that, that that can help in ways that businesses don't even realize. Don't you agree with that? I do. I think, you know, I was actually having a great conversation with one of our leaders in SBA this morning. And we were talking about, you know, I wonder how often it is that a a business owner walks into a branch and asks for help with a loan for their business. Because it seems like nowadays, that doesn't Mm. feel like the same way, speaking of 20 years ago. Yes. It just is not how business is done anymore. It's your network and you go to your CPA or you're talking to your lawyer friend and they've got connections or perhaps it's, I mean, maybe it's listening to this podcast. I would love it if we got phone calls from that. (laughs) But, you know, it's us. It's us proactively reaching out to companies and prospects, clients, and saying, you know, have you thought about this? Or what's on your mind? What can we do to help you solve whatever your problem is? Yeah, Yeah. and I think that 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 succession planning, sort of the day-after concept, is going to be increasingly important in our role as commercial bankers, primarily because of, the stats around how many privately owned businesses yeah. and their owners that will be looking mm-hmm. to exit through retirement, through sale. And it's, it's some people actually say that it exceed, the value of those companies nationwide exceed a trillion dollars. Wow. And it's hundreds of thousands of small businesses that will look to either close or exit over mm-hmm. the next three, five, seven, ten years, and the opportunities there for the next generation, and then in some cases third and fourth generation to take those on, 
And then when they need to access capital, bank capital primarily right. that, that we deal in, what does that look like? And, and I just think that our kind culture, which you have fit so wonderfully into, that's one of our hallmarks, I think, is at Regions, we're a very kind culture. Mm-hmm. We, we, we hope that we listen well. But but more than anything, I think that we're kind, and, and that plays out well in the markets that we're in, whether it's business succession planning, whether it's exit planning, whether it's, you know, ESOP structure because you're going to sell it to, you know, your employees, all that activity. And if I make this decision now, what's it going to mean for me in three to five years? Well, we're there to, to help you with that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This This has been a warm, welcoming environment and I'm I'm I've really just You're talking about enjoyed regions. Yeah. joining regions. Yes, absolutely. It's been so wonderful. And when I think about just what regions has to offer clients, you're you're absolutely right. It's the local touch. So someone that you are maybe you are rotary or chamber or church or little league or whatever it may be where you're seeing people in the community that are engaging both on the professional and personal level. And then you sort of pull back from that and you see Regions has all of the tools and specialty and skill sets that our larger peers have that we're able to more nimbly and flexibly execute upon for our clients. Yes. Because of the size that the bank has and the local connectivity, you know, you can get someone from transportation and logistics specialty or healthcare or government and defense or business services. I mean, you name it, right? I, yeah. you, you could probably name all of the specialties that we have. And what's so critical about that is, let's say you're a, a payment processor or fintech, and you need to talk to someone because you don't know what the valuations are for that particular business. Well, we do. We mm-hmm. can put someone in front of you to help you understand you know, I think that knowledge is power, right? And yeah. making sure that, to your point of transitions, business owners are getting phone calls every day. All uh, day, every just, day. Just, you know, the phone's ringing off the hook. Yes. And I know so many times I've heard, I don't want to sell my business for X, Y, and Z reason, but it usually comes back to protecting a legacy and employees. Yes. Which is yes. so important. And I, I, I understand why. I mean, this is this is a life that has been dedicated to building a business and you want to protect that legacy and there are ways to do it. And I think that as long as we can continue to do our job, which I think our job is connecting the dots between information on the specialty side in terms of, you know, industry coverage, but also demystifying some of the options that Ooh, are available. Like that. So, you know, not all private equity is created equal. It looks and feels different depending on what you're talking about. So, you know, blanket statement, I don't want to sell to private equity. Instead, I'd rather convert to an ESOP. Then I know my employees are taken care of. Well, there might be certain family offices or private equity where maybe they're looking for just a minority stake Mm -hmm. in the business where they want you to continue to operate and run that business. Or perhaps they just have longer hold horizons um, or or just want to inject some growth capital. There's so many aspects to consider. It's very overwhelming. I could understand as a business owner because it's hard for me to even describe how many options there are. But that's where 
as a bank at, at Regions and my team, you know, the bankers on your team, JD, and you and I, we have to be out there making sure that we're having these just really wholesome conversations around, you know, what can we do for yeah. you? And and really opening some hearts and minds to all of the possibilities. One thing that we've learned about Mary Beth since joining us is the fact that you ask really good questions. You know, and, and I think that that's going to flow into our teams very well. We, we appreciate the genuine curiosity you have about what's going on. And we've seen it when you go out and meet with our clients already, too. And that just provokes conversations that, that allow for people to open up. So I appreciate, I want to say that I appreciate that perspective that you bring to the team. And, and we notice. And I think that it gives us, it gives us a fresh perspective on it's okay to be curious. You know, I mean, we don't have to have all the answers. Right. We just need to know right. the people that do. Right. And, and you mentioned something a moment ago. What something we say on our team is we love our job because we get to make friends and solve problems. And I think that, you know, as long as we're oh, making more friends and solving more problems, yeah. that's the basic, the basics of our job. Yeah, we know, you know, sort of higher end finance than some of us know. We know a little SBA and maybe you don't, but between the whole team, you know, that's we right. can, we can, I don't want to say meet the need. I think meet the need is probably a mid 2000s concept of almost like, well, we add value. We, we help you. That, that's, that's what I would want people to know. And when you ask us and you ask the bankers these compelling, curious, detailed questions like you do, it equips us to go do the same. What I've found in my career is that when you ask business owners or executives compelling, curious questions, you don't have to ask 10 of them. You just have to ask two of them and sit back with your pen and or your recorder or whatever, they're going to talk You're right. on end mm -hmm. because they, to your point, they eat, breathe, and sleep that company. They know that when they lay their, their head on their pillow at night, they're not worried about their mortgage. They're worried about everybody's mortgage. You know, they're, they're worried about legacy, next generation, or, and we can be there with them for all that. You know, whether, like I said before, whether you need a piece of equipment or you need to exit the company or think through that or plan through it as being a kind culture we don't have to go to lunch and get a deal you know i mean we we go to lunch and solve some problems that's what makes us good for you that's what makes us a, a good team so you're over georgia and the carolinas that's you right. have you have some amazing experience with the exception of that georgia tech thing but anyway <laughs> come on go jackets <laughs> I won't back down on my Georgia now, Tech I've, loyalty. I've learned that about you. You know, I'm not, I mean, I could say go dogs, but that's sort of rubbing it in at this point. Hey, we got Coach Key now. I'm He's all about it. He's a good coach. Yeah. He's a good coach. I was at a women's basketball game yesterday. Beat BC. What's BC? Boston College. Okay, yeah, I'm just picking on oh, you. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm seeing eye rolls in the room. Thanks, guys. Well, we're, we're just sort of football guys. Oh, basketball doesn't count? Carolina basketball. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Shout out to Thad Walton and Brian Wilman. There on you that. go. But, you know, I think that your experience in that commercial, the, like I said, the higher end commercial brings some experience to, I'm going to talk specifically about Gwinnett and Northeast Georgia Absolutely. for a minute. In Gwinnett, we have over 600 international companies that are either internationally owned or have, you know, a headquarters in, in, a, in another country. Uh, so, so we have that. 
untold millions square feet of warehouse and distribution space. An interesting fact for you is that, I'm going from memory here, but basically from 2019 to 2020, once CARES Act and PPP and all that, you know, really hit a stride, uh, deposits in Gwinnett increased by, going from memory again, 6 to $8 billion in the market share report. We've, we've talked about this on the podcast before, regions with, with eight branches in Gwinnett. I mean, we're probably at about $600 million of $28 billion in this market currently. So we have a clear growth path. And I think it's telling that story of kindness, solving problems, engaging expertise around. I don't think that people realize that we're really good at international business, global trade, foreign exchange. We, uh, we talked a lot about domestic companies with foreign-owned parents and why that's important. If, if, the, if the domestic company needs uh, access to our credit markets, then what do we know about that? We, we have a group that does all that, mm-hmm. supply chain finance and, and all those in between. And I, I'm afraid that sometimes people just think of us as the bank of the SEC, but we're very complex and you've made that point. So I just want to, so I'm sort of echoing yeah. what you said and throwing on some other lines of business that, that people would benefit from knowing. Well, it's, it's worth mentioning again because it is unique and it is something that Regions offers that our constituents, our clients ought to know about. And, and I do know, based on my tour of the governor's mansion at Christmas time, if anybody has a chance to go, you should go because it is a visual representation of the number of companies from other countries with locations in Georgia. They actually have a tree in every part of the governor's mansion from these countries that have businesses here. And then they decorate the trees with something typical of the country, but it's a representation and it lists all of the companies, I hope I'm not giving away trade secrets, but all the companies that are uh, in the state. And then I don't know if it breaks it down by county, but to your point, there were a lot of Christmas trees. Oh, I bet. There were a lot. Yeah. I mean, even here in Gwinnett, Peachtree Corners, the the French Chamber of Commerce, you have the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the German Chamber. I mean, they're all right around here. And it's it's still a great place to do business. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, from a variety of things. What do you What do you like to do in your spare time? Well, I wish I had more of it. Maybe Maybe that's what I need to figure out. My spare time, I enjoy hiking. Okay. I have not mountain biked as much as I once did. I think mm. uh, picked up mountain biking in COVID, and it was a lot of fun. Okay. Loved it. I also have a motorcycle at home that hasn't been ridden since I moved back to Atlanta. The streets here are just a little more aggressive than I feel comfortable with. So well, I got to get it out of Atlanta. And I got to get here. it back home to to Morgan County, and then I'll be I'll be set. I play the guitar. Uh, awesome. And love doing that. No concerts. No, not 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 <laughs> not performing. Well, we're here at Gas South District. We can get you to open for somebody. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Let's see. But a lot of my time is spent with my kids. Yeah. That's got a awesome. couple of kiddos, and they keep me busy. This weekend, just as an example, we, we had a basketball game for the youngest and the oldest that afternoon wanted to go do an art demonstration where we had a live model and I got to just sit and observe him observing artists using three different types of medium to sketch this model, which I'd actually never seen. It was really cool. Oh, was that's really, nice. I have all the respect in the world for these models that have to sit there 
perfectly still. Yeah, I so do that. anyway, that little sample of my weekend, I feel like I'm just shuttling kids doing their That's life. their fun activities. It is life, and it's a good one. And you mentioned Morgan County. You grew up in Madison or outside of Madison. Madison, I say. Georgia. Yes, um, my family is from the uh, metropolis of Bostwick, Georgia. Yeah, which big is, Bostwick. Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. So Morgan County, ninth generation to be born in Morgan County, Georgia. Wow. Where'd you go to high school? I've never asked you that. Morgan County High School. What, what's your, what's, you know. The Bulldogs. Okay. Don't you like that? Yeah. Did when, you it's, s- when it's Morgan County, I can, I can <laughs> be all about it. Well, well, you can say go dogs. We'll just always know it's the Morgan County. Uh. You can't, can't bring yourself <laughs> to do that. Uh, what a great, what a great part of Georgia, that Madison, Morgan County. Just, I well, just think about that area of Georgia as being beautiful and just sort of being traditional and 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 then you go to Georgia Tech that's right yep in Atlanta I had an option of Georgia or Georgia Tech and um, thankfully Georgia Tech wanted me and gave me a scholarship so I was like okay this this is an easy decision I, I was raised a Georgia fan and my dad did graduate from Georgia and my mom retired from the University of Georgia so I did grow up that, yeah, that way. But uh, I just needed to get to that point so everybody changed, could hear it. Quickly changed. <laughs> so um, your degree? What's your degree? In? Management. Um, okay. Back then, when I graduated, they didn't have any of the specialties at Georgia Tech, like finance or accounting or marketing. It was yeah. just a management degree, which I was fortunate to have because prior to that, it was uh, management science, which uh, was even more strange, but kind of a similar similar degree. So. I loved international affairs, so I spent a lot of time in the Ivan Allen College oh, very um, cool. studying foreign policy, uh, which I just just loved, really, really found fascinating. And um, I've recently reconnected with the dean of the Ivan Allen College, and I, I love just learning what Georgia Tech is doing on the human aspect of engineering and computer science and artificial intelligence and because um, oh, yeah. it's it's hard to imagine that there's a liberal arts school within Georgia Tech. Now you do get a bachelor's of science. It's not a bachelor's of art because you have to take quite a bit of math and science. But it was fantastic to go to college in the middle of downtown Atlanta, Midtown. Very different from how I was raised. Madison had two thousand people in it when I was there, and then I moved to basically look across the street to the varsity every single day and night and it never got dark. <laughs> never ever. Just in a Atlanta. bunch of light pollution yeah, and you yeah. probably never saw the stars compared no, but to what I you loved saw back every home. every minute of it. Riding Marta all over to to get anywhere I needed to go. So a lot of fun. That's awesome. Tell me about a, a banking success story that you would like to share. Maybe a maybe overcoming a, a challenging customer or where you were able to turn something that was going in the wrong direction and turn it to the right direction. I'm putting you on the spot there. I'll, I'll preface it while you think for a moment with, again, your energy, your attention to detail, your genuine curiosity that, that, that I've already gotten to know over you know six or seven weeks of knowing you. I got to believe that there's a success story somewhere in your career that you look back on and go, I remember when that happened, and I'm very proud of it. Mm. What is there something like that that just comes to mind, or maybe a, a concept that you learned, or something like that? Well, I would say it's a, a little bit of a collection of events. Banking is so vital to the businesses that that are our clients in terms of payroll and money going in and out to yeah. pay vendors, Cash or management. I mean, mm-hmm. just, and you imagine if you can't see it 
as a business or access it or things just don't, don't look right, how scary and yes. frustrating and challenging that can be. And, and I'm sure, you know, over, over time, every, every bank has had to migrate and make changes to platforms and systems. But when that happens and impacts clients, it, it's a very difficult conversation to have and, and help the, the client to feel assured that, hey, look, I, I promise this is kind of a, a one-time event and, and we'll be able to solve it for yep. you and, and regain trust which if you don't have trust, you really don't have anything. That is so true. And that trust hinges on so many aspects of what we do. It's, it's us as people. It's our bank and the bank we represent. It's regions. And it's all the platforms and the systems that we rely upon to deliver exactly what our clients expect us to. And when those things become out of sync, it's, it's really difficult. So I said a collection of events because there was a time in my career where really a lot of that trust was being eroded through the people turning mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. and changing, the systems not necessarily being as familiar as they once were and that creating some panic and processes not necessarily working. So I spent probably nine months or so engaging with clients, making the phone calls, sitting down face to face, and just being as open as I could around, you know, I'm sorry. Mm. I acknowledge the challenge, whether it's an RM that no longer is with us. And, you know, unfortunately, you got the second rate me. <laughs> Oh, come on I'm, now. I'm Nobody be, thinks that. Oh, yeah, they do. I mean, sometimes, you know, there there's things I don't know, as you pointed out. But I'm going to try my best because I oh, am Oh, you'll curious, master them. I know you and will. And I will go figure it out. And I think that, you know, being able to restore trust is really hard. And I, I had the pleasure of doing it with some just amazing clients and working together over months to, to win and retain business that was nearly lost yeah. because of some of the broken trust. And, you know, I just look back at that time and I learned so much. But honestly, one of, one of the, the key takeaway for me is never be afraid to just roll up your sleeves and just do the work. Yeah. Right? Just yeah, get yeah. in there and I love that. Be, be, be yourself, be authentic, be honest, and, um, and then work hard. I'm so glad you used the word authentic. I just think that in all aspects of our life today, authenticity is not what it used to be. And, and I certainly hope, that, certainly hope that our clients and prospects see us as authentic. And I hope that that's based on the other word that you just shared with us, which is you know truth and trust. Mm -hmm. Truth is at a premium in today's culture, and you deserve to know it from your bank. And also, the bank deserves to know it from you. Another way of saying that is no surprises. No surprises. Sure. That's interesting. So that was through a merger, and, and is was it was that the experience where you where you had to maintain the trust and and I've been through that too. I mean, just when things change, I think it's, everybody has. It's I mean, difficult. I think about our clients that have been through mergers and acquisitions and mm -hmm. and um, ownership changes and 
I think everybody's probably got a story of, hey, it, it's not the same today as it was yesterday. And um, <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah, and I, I, I know the uniqueness behind that. And I mean, I think about like our clients having to go reassure vendors or their customers. Oh, wait, wait, no, it's, 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 I promise, you know, we're, we're, it's still me and I'm going to work through this with you. You really understand it creates opportunity because you can revisit things that mm -hmm. maybe you hadn't before. And then it also allows everybody a chance to reevaluate. So, you know, what, is this the right fit? Is this, is this where I want to be? And from a client, vendor, customer perspective, it gives you a unique skill set. That's for sure. For sure. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's not easily forgotten. You can draw on it very easily, having been through that. In closing, let's think about for a minute some hypothetical commercial sort of middle market business in Northeast Georgia. And, and you wanted them to, you've already done it, so I know it's going to be replicative, but you know, what would, what would you say to someone that currently doesn't bank with us as to why they should consider banking with us? I know it's a broad question. You've alluded to the answer before, but I want you to think about XYZ company, why should they choose us, and what makes us great? Aside from you being fantastic, <laughs> bring us your business. We, Come we on, JD's that. here. <laughs> no. He's our local celebrity. I don't know. Good people. Good. We have well, great well, people. Yeah. So, so I would say, in, in all seriousness, absolutely, the people matter. I, I and so agree. With there that. are fantastic people, but but not let's let's not just generalize. What is it that you? I mean, as the business, that would be my first focal point. Is what do you need? Mm -hmm. What do you want? Do you want someone with expertise? Do you want someone local? Do you want both? Right. We can yeah, deliver both. We can. I think the other the other things to focus on would be we are right here. We care about you. We are in your community. We are investing in the community and we want to support this business that also supports and invests in the community. So let's let's do it together. I think Regions has all of the tools. It it is, you know, from Treasury, SBA, capital markets, and I think about our partners at the, the boutique investment banking angles that we have with Black Arch and ClearSight, which is just um, really exciting, I think, mm -hmm. for, for all of us. Our wealth partners who can think about, well, how do you set yourself up for income in the future? How do you preserve your family's legacy, protect your own? And then, well, maybe you need a loan. And maybe it's not on the commercial side of the house. Maybe it's on the wealth. And we think through how do you do that. Yeah. I think you pointed out earlier what our group within the um, the foreign direct business can do and trade finance and thinking about imports and exports and even, you know, Ascentium helping our clients that need their clients need yes. financing. Yep. We have a solution for that. We really do. And don't worry. I mean, the, the, the parting thought would be, you don't have to remember all of this because we're going to bring it to you. You just need to tell us what you need. Yeah. And you might be surprised by all the ways that we can help you and we'd be happy to do it. That is so good. That is so good. I'm so happy that you drive up and spend this time. And I will tell you that if you've listened to this and, and, and 
you'd open your doors to Mary Beth and I, or maybe Mary Beth and some of our bankers to come visit your company, to come say hello and, and do exactly what she said, learn more about your business. And if there's something that we can help you with, we're ready. I mean, we'll be there. Absolutely. You, you tell us when and be prepared for Mary Beth's compelling questions because they're, they're good. <laughs> And, that's um, not a warning, is it? No, 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 <laughs> I not. I hope that's a promise of things to come. <laughs> I hope it is too. I tell you what, we uh, we so appreciate. We look to we look forward to a lot of great things happening up here, and we are so grateful that you're going to be a part of it. And with that said, I would just like to say thank you to our listeners for listening to Regions Business Radio. I'm your host JD Mealer, and we'll see you next time. Regions Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be accounting, legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Regions believes this information to be accurate when recorded, but it cannot ensure that it will remain up to date. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation. The information should not be construed as a recommendation of a specific course of action for any individual or business. All Regions products and services are subject to qualification requirements, terms, conditions, fees, and credit approval. Regions reminds its customers that they should be vigilant about fraud and security and that they are responsible for taking action to protect their computer systems. Fraud prevention requires a continuous review of your policies and practices as the threat evolves daily. There is no guarantee that all fraudulent transactions will be prevented or that related financial losses will not occur. Visit regions.com backslash stop fraud or speak with your banker for further information on how you can prevent fraud.